In partnership with Trauma-Free World, the International Network of Children's Ministry presents Trauma-Informed Children's Ministry, a podcast dedicated to equipping children's ministry teams in order to elevate trauma-informed care of kids and families in the church. We believe children's ministry is the most futuristic and strategic ministry of the church. When you're on the front lines of this key ministry, you need to be informed about how to effectively serve today's kids and equipped to create environments where all kids can meet with Jesus. And preparing you to do that is what this podcast is all about. Are you ready? Let's dive in. My name is Michaela White, and I get to serve as the Executive Director for INCM, as well as the host for this podcast. I'm grateful to explore today's topic with Julie Cooper. Julie serves as Senior VP of Training and Curriculum at Trauma-Free World, and she's a champion for the way children's ministry leaders impact kids with hard stories. In the previous episode, Julie, Kim Botto, and I discussed what it looks like for us to create safe spaces for all kids. Today, Julie and I are going to continue the conversation by digging into what it looks like for us to build safe communities around the kids we serve. This is really going to help us as children's ministry leaders to develop trauma-informed teams that reach all kids with the love of Jesus. Julie, thanks so much for bringing your expertise to this conversation again today. You're welcome. It has been a, a joy to be a part of this really important series. Yeah. Now, as we dig into this idea of what it looks like for us to build safe communities, rather than take on all the pressure of feeling like we have to be the experts to build these safe communities for kids, what can leaders consider or look for to advance these values in their ministries? Yeah. Uh, Taking on all the pressure is something that children's ministry leaders, um, do not, should not be doing here because we have a lot of great resources right within our walls. Mm-hmm. And there's professionals who would be willing to help us, right? Choose a calming wall color, create a snack plan that takes into account all kinds of dietary needs. You know, there's folks, they'll take a phone call for advice, maybe be a referral source um, or help find appropriate referral sources. Mm-hmm. So um, though those folks may not be volunteering every Sunday morning, they're there and they're willing to be um, a help for us. Yes. And I think it's worth knowing what additional resources are available in your community. Yes. So of course, if not at your church, um, is there a food bank? Where, where can folks get legal help? How about help with mental health or addictions, job placement? Sometimes our families, they just need a little bit of help finding the right way to head and we can do that. Mm -hmm. I think that's such an important thing for us to remember as children's ministry leaders that um, though serving in the children's ministry can look like leading a large group, being a small Mm -hmm. group leader, helping with check-in, and all of those roles are kind of naturally what we think of. There's opportunities for other members of the body or other people in the community to impact the children's ministry in ways that are unique to their skill set or the gifts God's given them and the expertise that they have. And more often than not, they're really willing to help out. Yes. Yep. They maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe can't give every Sunday morning, like we mentioned, right. or sign up, uh, but really want to be a resource. And so they're just waiting to be asked. And I think uh, it, it could be a just kind of a secret fountain of extra resources within the church walls, just waiting for us to tap into. Absolutely. And I think it can have an impact 
beyond what maybe we even to to quote scripture could ask or imagine because when when anybody has the opportunity to see how their unique wiring gifting expertise impacts the family of god it connects them deeper to the family of god so it's absolutely yes. going to help kids and families but also just considering oh i don't want to ask them for help or i don't want to inconvenience them actually it might be exactly what they need that's exactly right. We could, we're almost robbing them of an opportunity to be blessed. We're right. We know that's how God kingdom work. His kingdom works that way. We're blessed when we bless others. Mm-hmm. So you're exactly right. Yeah. So the reality is, is as a leader does invest in growing and nurturing a trauma-informed ministry to kids and families, they're going to learn quite a bit along the way. And, you know, if, if any of our listeners have, you know, gone through every single episode to this point, they know a lot more about trauma-informed children's ministry than they did before. So (laughs) what should they consider in how they reinvest what they learned? Yeah. You know, being a resource beyond your programming is a blessing. And we've, we've mentioned early in this series that the experience of trauma for the families within our congregations and the families within our community, our neighbor, it's not rare. Um, It's actually very common. So though we're here, you know, on this podcast, we're looking through this with our, with our children's ministry lens. These are the families all around us. We, we're, we are going to rub lives with these folks everywhere. So as your children's ministry team gains insight and experience, um, I really encourage, first of all, connect with other teams in the church and see if they might want to hear what kind of changes have been made, what kinds of things you're learning, uh, because we know that trauma affects everyone, not just kids, but but everyone. So there may be other teams, first of all, inside the church, and and there may be other churches who want to start building a trauma-informed children's ministry, but they just need a mentor or they just need to ask someone who's a couple steps ahead of them, um, someone for encouragement or even just a listening ear. So uh, inside of our church, other churches, and then of course, to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us have other volunteer roles. We work we work with the homeless. We work um, in our kids' schools. So within our community, really the options are endless of the ways that we can take what we're learning and bless others. Yes. I think it's such a critical um, value, especially for the community that makes up the international network of children's ministry. These leaders, one of the things that has always inspired me about this community is this value of not hoarding what we've learned and not, um, you know, being, uh, holding close to the chest, the things that we've been given, um, there's a very generous spirit in the children's ministry community and a huge value for leaders in our network is this idea of sharing what we've been given and what we have learned. And we do that a lot with each other, with fellow children's ministry leaders. And so I think in addition to, um, sharing it with the families and being a resource to families, being a resource to the community. I think there's also this opportunity to connect with other churches and church leaders in your area and invite them to grow along with you and share, share the testimonies of how implementing these um, practices and, and putting this lens on your ministry has, you know, helped in the way that you've connected with kids and furthered 
the mission of seeing kids and families be able to um, experience the love of Jesus and grow closer to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, We know that, you know, in that same vein, that leaders develop more leaders. So um, that duplication process is really critical to our roles. And so if someone listening today realizes that, man, I've got a, a key volunteer or this amazing team member, and they're really growing in passion for trauma competent care for the kids in our ministry, what would you recommend that a leader does for that person from a development standpoint? What are some practical ways they can really invest in them? Yeah, I hope this is I hope this is everyone's case. I hope everyone has someone right at their side who are committed and passionate. We started talking about the experts in our care, but but really that person with passion mm-hmm. who really wants to invest and learn something, that person is a gem. That yeah. person is going to become your expert. So we say invest in that team member, encourage them in the journey. They are they're going to be a blessing to your ministry and your church. So maybe this is the person that's going to reach out and collaborate with others, but however you can support that learning, offer opportunities for growth, offer opportunities for further training is going to continue to bless, maybe even offering some leadership opportunity within uh, building the trauma-informed ministry. Maybe they want to do the 15-minute tip every week at staff meeting, um, or maybe they want to bring the video or the case study or the, you know, offering up some kind of way of um, allowing this person to kind of spread their wings in leadership, not only blesses you and that person, but we know that will really inspire those other folks within your ministry that have a passion to maybe say, you know what, I can do that too. I want to grow in this as well. Yeah. I love that. I, and I, I think what you said at the beginning is really important. That person with passion will right. become your onsite expert. Um, And so I think, um, you know, you guys have some incredible tools that a leader could connect that person Mm -hmm. with. What are, what are some of the tools that you would say this would be a great first or second step with that? Yep. Some of the, some of the first and second step kinds of trainings we have at Trauma-Free World are just some really short courses that discuss just an overview of what trauma-informed care is. Mm-hmm. And then an introduction to some of the principles, mm-hmm. you know, and we get a lot of folks say like, well, I'm not a clinician or I don't have a college degree. These resources are not intended for um, the clinician level practitioner. These, these are just for you and I, these are for everybody. These are things that we can do and we can do them right away. We don't need, we don't need a certification. Um, you don't need a fancy degree. You just need to understand trauma. Yeah. And, and build empathy. So, right. So we're not seeing behavior is always willful disobedience. We're starting to recognize it for what it is. Yeah. Kids are dysregulated. They're scared. And then we get some skills for what to do about it. We can all do that. And we have some really great short courses available at Trauma-Free World, as well as all kinds of under three minute tip videos on the YouTube site. Yeah. That could also be a great way to just start adding a little bit at a time. Yeah, that's good. Um, one of the things I wanted to make sure that our listeners heard too, is that if you're an INCM member, um, if you go to your uh, membership portal, you have access to a a good deal of free resources, um, 
not only from INCM, but also from Trauma-Free World up on the partner channel. And um, there's also a discount there for our members. So it's a great way for you to get connected to the resources that they have. Um, And then there's plenty of things like webinars, replays, or online event replays dealing with grief and trauma-competent care that you could point that person toward. So take advantage of the resources you have and investing those into the kid, the the leader who is showing a passion and excitement for this topic. Mm -hmm. And eventually, as Julie mentioned, you are going to have an on-site expert whose um, just passion would be, I think, really inspiring to the other members of the team. Yep. And then you're not doing it alone. That's right. And then you, that's right. And you've got someone else who's experienced the rest of the team will benefit from. So um, it's a great win-win. And, you know, I I really believe God has given, well, all of us a passion for children. (laughs) That's why we do this ministry. There will be some folks who really will just light up with the idea of understanding kids from hard places. And those folks really step up to be champions. That's right. That's right. So all of All of this helps us in building safe communities around kids. So just remembering that, you know, we, we don't have to be the expert in everything. We can take a look at our church and our community and find the experts on different things and bring them in to help us build an environment that kids are safe and welcome in. Um, we can think about what it looks like for us to reinvest what we've learned into families, into the community, into the network of children's ministry leaders. And we can also look for the people in our community who are showing great passion and excitement about what it looks like to serve kids from hard places and really raise them up to be our on-site experts. So Um, All of that works together to build a safe community. And I think really the main point is it's not all on you. That's right. And just do it alone. (laughs) Remember, like this isn't for you to do alone. Yes. Yeah. Well, Julie, thank you so much for sharing your insight with us. And and thanks for listening, friends. We hope this conversation equipped you to elevate trauma-informed care in your children's ministry. In our next episode, Julie and I will continue the conversation with one of our special guests, Kim Botto, as we discuss trauma-informed care and how we partner with parents. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. To learn more about INCM, you can get connected to what you need to serve kids and families at incm.org. And if you're ready to take intentional steps forward in trauma-informed care, connect to the resources from our partners at Trauma Free World at traumafreeworld.org. We're so glad you joined us today and we are here to support you. Cheering for you always, friends.